Tried and Tested Remedies, Part 1. Kind of a technical one today, but when Max was diagnosed, it was as if I'd experienced a kick in the stomach, as I've mentioned previously. Once we recovered from the initial shock, we went into can we fix this mode. But it would say that it felt arduous, because we were realistic enough to know that we couldn't cure the condition, but could work to improve the outcome, and it was quite honestly been a journey like no other. The first thing we did after Max's diagnosis was to research a programme called Verbal Behaviour and we decided to try this with him. We contacted a charity who had trained therapists who came to our home to teach us how to essentially live the programme. Max was taught to make the connection between us adults being able to help him get what he wanted and he was taught signs because he didn't have language to sign to us for whatever it was he needed. Food was a huge motivator for Max, and so we collectively taught him how to sign for lolly, biscuit, crisp, drink, water. Max learned to vocalise alongside signing, although only those of us working on the programme knew what he was trying to say. We had two therapists who would come to the house a few days a week. One was very experienced and worked with a number of autistic young children and was very professional in her approach and knowledgeable of verbal behaviour. We had a lead who trained us and who came and assessed on a regular basis. We then set about finding another, so I put an advert in the British Medical Journey, explaining that we were looking for a therapist to work with a gorgeous two-and-a-half-year-old. The ad read, If you are prepared to love our beautiful boy, please get in touch. And that was when we found Lucia, who has an energy and an abundance of love to give Max. I'll never forget the day she came to meet us. She was a tall and beautiful Brazilian lady, glamorous and slim, hair in a sleek ponytail. She wore jeans that looked like they had been made for her, a fabulous belt and a pair of boots that were to die for. I was crestfallen. I quite literally became shockingly aware of how terrible I looked, overweight, exhausted, trackies and jumper, hair tied up in a clip and not a scrap of makeup in sight. I could only describe myself as feeling downright old. Her background was clinical psychology, and so at times she found the programme tough because her training was different from what she was asked to do. And there were times where she found that it conflicted with her training and beliefs. But she stuck by Max and worked with Max right up until the age of 19. Lucia would come to the house to do a session three times a week and would take Max to a space in the house where they would work on skills like puzzles, motor skills and communication. She was more than his therapist and is our friend, and we love her to bits. She still comes to see Max. The reason we stopped was because of Max now attending his day centre and because he has a long day and has had health issues. We had to make a decision to stop as it would have been too much for him. We funded Max's programme ourselves. That was tough going for a one-income family and we needed Max to be in the system because there will come a time where Tony and I will need help in finding support for both boys and the local authority needs to know of their existence so that the boys will have the care they need when we can no longer be here to do so. It is as simple and as realistic as that. The fascinating thing about the programme was that it taught Max signs and vocalisation that he still uses today. It was easy for us to go to his day centre because they had similarities to the programme, and actually for us, we recognise that Max has retained what he learned in the early stages of life whilst on the programme. Everybody says that early intervention is key when you are dealing with autism. His school's method was PECS, the Picture Exchange Communication System, where the young person uses picture symbols to construct a sentence and exchange it with an adult to ask for what he needs. 
and can use a vocalisation at the same time as pointing to the images. Max did this in school but reverted back to his signs at home. School provided his pecs book for home but Max was always rigid in his thinking and it was as if he felt the the pecs book wasn't for home use. The whole structure changed when Max started school. The therapists tried to work in the school with the teachers, but fundamentally they all believed that their method was the best way forward. And the head teacher didn't want one member of the VB team at school, as she found her a bit too confrontational. I think they were fundamentally equally as passionate about each of their methods, and that was fair enough. This was where I found things challenging because I suppose I felt it was about Max and getting to do what was best for him. It wasn't about whose method was best and I had massive loyalty to the programme and saw the progress Max had made. But the system was suggesting that he had to go to school and we had to conform with the system. To this day, I struggle with the education system for special needs here in the UK. We get a lot of support and we are massively appreciative of it. And the support has come a really long way. My bear bug is this. <clears throat> These young people may be similar in their characteristics, but no two autistic people are the same. So why lump them all together in a provision where the offer is the same? Don't get me wrong, the boys' school have worked their socks off to make a difference, but a lot of the children need speech and language therapy and occupational therapy. And in my humble opinion, it never seems to be enough to be able to meet the needs of all these youngsters because their needs are so diverse. It all comes down to money and the availability of funding. The speech and language therapist and occupational therapist work so hard to make a difference, but the funding has to stretch a very long way. My advice is to stick with what works for your young person and your family. Be receptive to everything because autism is so complex, you never quite know what will actually press the right buttons for your young person. Do what feels right for your child and for you. Trust your gut because if it feels right, then it is right. What is paramount is the ability to survive this infuriating condition and to be able to communicate and understand and support. The challenges are many, but the euphoria when something works is worth it all. I still struggle with finding time for me time and I'm resigned to the fact that I will never be glamorous. But that's a blog for another day.